When I say it, I mean record the Enemy Slime podcast. This is episode number... Ah, shit. I didn't look again. What episode? This is 194 this time. Ah, 194. We're coming up on the old big, big, the big two zero zero. So get ready. It's right around the corner. But for right now, uh, it's just regular old podcast. I'm your usual host, Jared. I'm joined today by Mr. Michael Mahoney. Very sexy to be here. And I also have the sexy return of Mr. Lucio Lorenzino. I am Sonic in the streets and Knuckles in the sheets. That damn. <laughs> how, how long have you been crafting that line? <laughs> like two weeks, I that, came up with. That feels yeah. That, I mean, that I've feels, been holding on to it. Like I was like, no, I have to put this one up in the podcast. Yeah, you were you were waiting to drop that one for sure. Oh yeah, a lot of time on a plane, I guess. So <laughs> last week we brought you an exciting sex-filled podcast to to tackle the heady subject of whether or not sex could work in video games. Uh, I'm still excited. And sort of to pair with that, like a fine, much like a uh, delicious wine and a uh, smelly cheese, uh, we've decided to pair it with a uh, a follow-up podcast where we discuss the subject of violence in video games. Um, A subject where, of course, violence works in video games. We know that. We've known that forever. Uh, But nonetheless, Mm -hmm. we can explore... Yeah, that was it. That was, that's the podcast. Uh, can, can violence work in games? Yes. The end. Da, 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 da. Um, Later. So uh, I've I've come up with a document that's kind of similar to what we did for the uh, sex podcast, and I, I wanted to just you know kind of run you guys through maybe just a little bit of a history of violence in games. Talk about maybe some personal experiences that you guys might have. Any kind of anecdotal stuff. Um, but of course, we anytime we're going to discuss something like this, we have to go back in time, and we have to go clear back to a time where none of us even existed. Um, wow. If you guys had to guess a year for... Uh, so I, I statistically here, I was able to, to track down the first major video game controversy, and it was so big that it wound up... Uh, the game was, was pulled off of store shelves. Um, what what year would you guess this happened, where a game was deemed too violent uh, and removed from store shelves? Shit, wouldn't the games even get on store shelves? Nineteen eighty one. I'm gonna guess the late seventies. Yeah, Michael's actually closer in in spirit here, uh, and, and it's actually barely even something that can be construed as the late seventies. Nineteen seventy six. Is the first year huh. that a video wow. game uh, is is reportedly pulled off the shelves, and it is the uh, controversial title Death Race. Uh, it is a, a black and white game uh, where the I want to see this. Uh, you this. you you should look it up if you haven't, uh, and if you can watch YouTube footage of it, uh, you'll really get a treat. Um, it's a it's a black and white game, and it's basically uh, your your goal is you're driving a car, and your goal is to run over as many monsters as you can. They're they're like little. I think the the manual monsters. The the manual called them gremlins, uh, and oh, so your your goal is to run over as many gremlins as possible within a time limit. Um, I guess the I I mean if, of course if you look at footage of it. The car barely looks like a car, much less the gremlins like gremlins. Kind of looks like a dick, actually. Yeah, I, I, you could construe it that. Looks, it looks like a dick, and the gremlins look like guys. 
That's the Christian burial one day. But what you really want to see <laughs> that that maybe you're not going to get while you're on the podcast, I, I guess what really like tips it over the the uh, the limit of good taste is when you run over the gremlins, they make like a very high pitched squealing sound, and apparently that was deemed uh, that was the particular aspect that was deemed too violent uh, for 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 parents out there. So anyway, uh, the developer like How could they tell? this is you can tell it's the you can tell it's the seventies too because basically like it came up like hey this isn't appropriate and the developer immediately is like oh my god we're so sorry and just took the game out of stores immediately <laughs> like like just was like oh I can't believe this happened we are we we didn't mean to do that and, and that gravity is not people. My apologies, uh, madam. I did not mean to offend your good tastes. Basically, yeah. Uh, someone issued the smallest complaint, and the company just folded immediately. It was like, you got it. <laughs> we'll, we'll get that right out of here. Uh, so those were the days. It was a simpler time. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and just guess that neither of you have any experience with Death Race, uh, or, or per- perhaps even knew of its existence until just now. God damn, Jared! It's like you can read me like a book. Yeah, I, I, I had a you feeling. Did, you, you nailed it right there, my friend. Um, it, I did find some old marketing material for the game, and uh, it, it on the ad it does say, and actually I think this is the box art too. Um, it does say it's fascinating. It's fun chasing monsters. It doesn't mention running them over, and uh, and killing them. Uh, the game also did have an arcade cabinet that if you search images, yeah. you should be able to find some pictures for. Yeah, it's a, it's a skull. So you can, you can get a look at that too. And, and then also in image search, there's a, couple, uh, there's a couple old articles that you can see. One from the Eugene Register in Eugene, Oregon, uh, dated 1976. It says, Death Race Video Game Outrages U.S. Safety Council. Um <laughs> So even back then we had some exciting uh, headlines like that. Look at this. Fuck. The uh, I guess the game rates you depending on how well you you yeah that yeah. isn't that dope art. I know, man. Like I fucking I want to buy a truck just so I can paint that on the side. Yeah, the arcade <laughs> the arcade cabinet was really cool. Um, the game rates you depending on how well you do, and you can be rated as a skeleton chaser, a bone cracker, uh, a gremlin hunter, or for the top scorer, an expert driver. Um, nice. If you evade all the gremlins and drive safely. Exactly. You uh, you know put your blinkers on and all that. Uh, it is. It, they do mention in this article that uh, the game did see a boon in uh, usage in arcades after the controversy. Uh, so, uh, so as as usual, so it begins. <laughs> yeah, as usual, uh, the controversy in fact incites people to check it out and run over gremlins. So uh, it begins clear back in the seventies, uh, and then historically things actually die down for a very long time. Because they killed the industry, right? <laughs> the eighties, the 80s, things pretty much fly under the radar as far as video games. Video games largely uh, have a blind eye turned towards them, uh, and it's not until the early nineties when uh, things start to really go awry. Now, that's not to say that uh, you you guessed it. Um, actually, there's there's one game uh, that uh, was paired with Mortal Kombat, and the two of them almost single handedly brought about 
all the controversy that we've seen uh, since. Uh, and this is where we had our, our very famous uh, Senate committee uh, that was led by Joseph Lieberman back in 93 to, to determine whether or not there was something that we should do about video games. Um, so there was Mortal Kombat. I'll give extra credit to anybody who can tell me the other one. Night Trap. Yep, that's the one. Night Trap. Um, so I'll, I'll read you a snippet here. Uh, the Sega CD version of Night Trap in 1993 is removed from store shelves by Toys R Us and uh, FAO Schwartz uh, in direct response to a December 9th, 1993 Joint Senate Judiciary and Government Affairs Committee hearing on video game violence. Uh, Night Trap is cited as shameful, ultra-violent, sick, and disgusting, and encourages... Uh, they, so, right here, we begin a trend that will follow video games f- forever. Uh, the Senate committee uh, was, was presented information about Night Trap, claiming that it encouraged uh, the player to uh, trap and deliberately kill women. Um, have either of you played Night Trap? No, it looks like shit. <laughs> so the goal is not to kill women. Uh, the goal is to actually stop uh, killers who are attacking women. Uh, and, oh, we started with that. Then. And you and you do this by setting traps. Hence the term night trap. Um, and so they're these characters. They're, they're like vampires in that they want to drain women's blood, but they they seem to do it with like tools. Like they have like equipment. Uh, but anyway, your your goal is to stop them from from doing that. So stop the globalist red uh, red American Red Cross. Basically, yeah, pretty much from, from getting the blood of women. Uh, so are they saying I shouldn't stop people from killing women? I guess. Well, again, they're just uh, you'll you'll find throughout this entire document, and I have a very light history of video game violence that I've compiled here. Uh, you will find that almost any time someone can misrepresent what a game is about or how it portrays violence, uh, they will. And uh, there are so many stories. Uh, some of these are, are like sad tragedies that are also tied to like hilarious, incorrect video game uh, tie-ins and, and uses, which we'll, we'll get to in a little bit here. But I want to spend some more uh, time with Mortal Kombat because it's typically billed as the first video game to feature lifelike realistic violence, largely because uh, the characters in Mortal Kombat are digitized versions of real people uh, doing, you know, karate. Right. Um, yeah, and, you know, taking... This, people's spines. This is also a game that everybody here has some experience with. Uh, unlike, yeah, unlike say Death Race. So, um, what's your guys's? What, what's your early memories of Mortal Kombat? What sticks out to you guys? So you know, it used to be all. I mean, as a marketing ploy, it fucking worked. Sure, like, absolutely. It worked so well. I mean, everybody was all about Street Fighter, and then like Mortal Kombat came along, and like for months it was all Mortal Kombat, just because we wanted to figure out how to like. You know, dismember each other. It was it was the the word on everybody's lips for sure. Right. Um, fun funny enough, my own experience with it. I, I actually I owned Mortal Kombat, um, and, and it was one of those things where this is this is the dumbest story. I I was obsessed with Street Fighter growing up, and I oh, is the one you put in your review. Uh, did I put did I say this in in a review somewhere? Your parents. You, you said basically. Um, 
a letter to Nintendo or yeah, something? Yeah, uh, it was to Capcom. I wrote, I didn't, it wasn't just a letter. I mailed Capcom a packet, like an entire packet of drawings that a friend and I did. And I basically, it's so funny because I think back to the cover letter I wrote for it, but basically we we came up with a bunch of uh, fighting game characters who are usually just like cheap ripoffs of normal Street Fighter so like instead of Vega, we had Claw Man, and he had two claws, one on each arm. And, <laughs> Game changer. And so, and so, but it's so funny because I still remember a lot of the verbiage I used in my cover letter, and I basically wrote like, "Dear Capcom." Um, Thank you for making this game. Like as though I as though I knew that they wouldn't even, you know, question it. Like just by sending them these photos, they would in fact make the video game for me. Um, <laughs> so I was I was very presumptuous in that regard. A little shit of a child who just assumed that if he sent a bunch of his masterful drawings to Capcom, they would produce a successful right. uh, fighting game on his behalf. Anyway. They'll be like, holy shit, look at this kid's throwing. So my my father or mother, I don't, I actually never heard the story of what happened behind the scenes here, but uh, one of them decided to do Capcom a mercy and not actually mail them the packet full of my pictures. Um, <laughs> but what they did instead was they pretended to mail it. And then like a week later, I got a package back in the mail uh, and it, it it claimed to be Capcom, and they said like, "Hey, we really liked your uh, we really liked your drawings, and we've sent them to our uh, we sent them to like our corporate office for further study. Um, but in the meantime, we wanted you to have a copy of this new game that we've released, uh, and that game was Mortal Kombat. Um, Adorable. Now keep in mind, at the time, I'm young enough that I'm mailing letters to Capcom, assuming that they're going to make me a video game. Yeah. <laughs> So I almost certainly shouldn't have Mortal Kombat. <laughs> um, right. But this is, this is 1993. This is the year before the ESRB is created. So, uh, And actually, fun enough, this is the game that spawned the creation of the ESRB. Uh, part of the deal with that Senate Judiciary Committee... Uh, your, your parents didn't know what they were buying? No. No, they, they had no idea. And I remember... Like by the TV one day, I was like, oh, no. I So very vividly... Innocence. Very vividly, I remember my mom coming into... So it was on PC, and so I had to play it in the office. I wasn't on a console of any kind. I don't even think we I owned a console at that time. Um, and so I remember my mom coming into the office uh, where the computer was right as I uppercutted a guy into the pit. Uh, mm, I, couldn't nice. even, I couldn't even do fatalities. I don't think there was a single fatality that I could do. I was too little and mm. stupid to know... There were two easy ones. There was a uh, Kano's heart rip was block back back, and then Scorpion's was a block up up. Yeah, but they're also not documented in the manual, at least not not by my recollection. And so the only way that you knew any of these to begin with was like older brothers and things like that. And anybody who had any knowledge of it uh, couldn't replicate them on the keyboard that I played on. Um, Huh. So it, it I just it wasn't an option, but I was able to do the pit, and I knocked a lot of guys into the pit, and uh, she came in and saw that and was absolutely horrified, uh, in, in every conceivable way. That's a pretty tame uh, fatality by even by the original Mortal Kombat standards. Oh, I know she had no idea that a heart could be ripped out. Uh, every now and then, the computer would do one, and that was like a real treat. Like you'd always hope, yeah, when, yeah. you'd always hope when the computer beat you that, like, well, at least maybe I'll get to see a fatality, and like very rarely you would. So it's interesting because I didn't actually get 
the console version of Mortal Kombat for years. So it, it was all arcade. So that was even like more weird. Yeah, I could see that. Um, and Actually, a, did your PC version have blood enabled? Yes, it did. Um, oh, okay. And so that brings us to another topic here, which is this is one of the most notably censored uh, games in, in history uh, with the Super Nintendo version featuring uh, what can only be de- only be described as sweat. Um, and then it also... So when you'd punch someone, just a bunch of gray like liquid would shoot out. These are the sweatiest fighters to have, <laughs> have ever lived. I mean, really, even if it's blood, that's not much better. No one should lose that much blood from getting hit once in the head. Uh, He's hitting really hard. He is. They, they punch each other really hard. Um, but anyway, uh, so this game basically in- inspires the industry to say, well, hey... We're, we'll regulate ourselves, uh, just like uh, film or anything else. So they promise to form the ESRB, and uh, Mortal Kombat is allowed to stay uh, in stores. It also probably helped that it sold a shit ton, unlike Night Trap, yep. which wasn't really all that successful to begin with. But anyway... It was an okay game, I guess, too, you know? Yeah, Mortal Kombat's a good game, I think, for the most part. I think I, for its time, it was excellent. I, I mean, I think two is uh, definitely like a marked improvement oh, uh, yeah. over over one. But I don't think the I, I think one is a self. You know, it's, it's a relatively respectful fighting game. It, it did okay. Uh, just, I mean, at the time there was also a lot of uh, you know Street Fighter two and SNK games that mechanically were much better, but you couldn't like you know. Rip somebody's head off, so whatever. So the graphics looked pretty cool back then too. It that's was, true. That's true. It was pretty impressive to the motion know, capture was was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It looked yeah. It, it looked better than Street Fighter, even if you weren't really sure why. Um, no, yeah, and Street Fighter didn't really started looking good until like the super turbo, whatever. Mm-hmm. The one where they got more stylized. Yeah, and you had the mm. the uh, more costumes and shit. And... Right, because before it was like uh, like Ryu looked like some dude that was homeless. <laughs> so yeah, I didn't know most of those guys were supposed to be Japanese until you know several iterations of Street Fighter. And I yeah. I don't know what it was if maybe it was just the violence, but Mortal Kombat the original really excited my imagine excited my imagination in a way that Street Fighter hadn't up until that point. And I could probably, I, that, see that. That stuck with me for a long time. I don't know if it was the, the thematics, the graphics, or if it really was just all of the over-the-top violence. But like, Street, Fighter about... had a, Street Fighter had Blanca, and he was cool. Mortal Kombat had like a dozen characters who I thought were badass. Um, one of the things that I liked was the original Mortal Kombat over Mortal Kombat 2 is that I feel like it was more like, consistently... like on the stages, you know what I mean? Like, you had the, the bridge, you know, the pit, for example. You had a cool bridge, and then you had, like, you know, the uh, Shaolin monks watching you fight and all that stuff. Whereas Mortal Kombat 2 had, like, a forest with, like, spooky trees and stuff like that. Right, and, like, the, fine, the but... acid pit that you can right. push people into. And... Uh, you're right. Thematically, uh, Mortal Kombat 2 does, like, a, a much bigger dive than, than the original does. Um not necessarily in a bad way. Some people prefer it, but the, ori- no, the original true. feels true. True. Very cool. the original it's feels very better. grounded by comparison. Um, so that's my story of like the first time that my parents were like, 
surprised or outraged by a video game. Do you guys have any any uh, a- anecdotes of your own, or, or were your parents never worried about you in the slightest? They never, they never give a fuck. <laughs> they didn't pay yeah, any attention my, to that. I do, I do have a story of getting in trouble over Doom. Okay, tell me what happened. So Doom, somehow somebody in my class got a hold of Doom. Uh-huh. And they copied it to 12 floppy disks. Because, you know, it was... A... Yeah, that's what yeah. you do. Um, so, like, everybody started taking home, you know, the box of CDs from the class. We basically passed it around until everybody in the class had it. So I went to a friend's house one time with the box. Like, I got it for me. I stole it in my PC. Or I had a family's PC. I didn't have my PC. You know, the family's PC. Uh-huh. Then I, you know, put it in the shoebox where we kept it. And then I went to a friend's house to install it in his computer. And his mom saw it and she, like, freaked the fuck out. <laughs> and for, like, two months, I couldn't, like, see his her son and outside of school. Yeah. And um, you know, she confiscated the, the floppies. Interesting. Um, Doom yeah. was Doom it, was never a problem in my household. In fact, it's one of the only video games that I remember my dad playing. Uh and I think he may have even finished it. Doom is a shit, I don't know. I mean, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't wrong to to enjoy it. Uh but I remember my dad like spending a pretty significant chunk of an evening with Doom at some point. Um and that may be the last time that he played a video game <laughs> of any kind whatsoever. Well, he went out in a high note. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, my my dad was a big Doom fan as well. I do what? remember. Oh, good. I was just gonna say, like, wh- how did that happen? That that both our fathers, who might have never touched a video game again, were somehow drawn to Doom of all things. Because well, I think the way that Doom was distributed was kind of like a forbidden fruit, because it wasn't sold at the beginning. Like you kind of just had to download it or have somebody. Well, it was it was definitely it was definitely a game that was really popular around like the shareware uh, time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so you're you're right about that. It was a, it had like a communal kind of sense to it. There was only order because I remember like I played Wolfenstein before I played Doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. There was something about Doom like it's, it's such a marked improvement. It was so much more playable and so much more atmospheric. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it had also the ripped off <laughs> Pantera music. <laughs> but, uh, oh yeah, Doom's soundtrack is the shit. I know. So I, I don't know. It was like a perfect storm, and I think kind of like the way that it was kind of um, almost like a secret, you know, society kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe attracted people that wouldn't have played it otherwise. Yeah, I could see that. I think you could make a case for that. Speculation, but I also might think that might have been where we were starting that a home PC that was capable of running Doom or Wolfenstein was becoming a little more common around that point because I didn't, we didn't have a home PC for quite a while or after that. But every year we would get uh, we we bring home a PC from the school district, and I spend all my summer playing video games on it. And I think that was about the time that was probably when I started playing Doom. Mm-hmm. Actually, don't you mention it? That's true. The only reason why I had PCs growing up 
was because of my dad's work. And yeah. they were portable PCs. Calling it a laptop is yeah. accurate, but it's the same concept. So basically, it was a huge box. And I'm talking maybe a good, you know, four feet by like maybe three feet. Mm-hmm. So this is a box that he carried around when he traveled. I don't know how the fuck he did it. <laughs> they used to have porters back then. I remember my dad's first laptop, and it was it was a hell of a machine. Like, holy shit. Anyway, this thing had like a, a thing where like basically you had to connect the keyboard because you had to carry it separately, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it had a, like a pro- screen protector that you took out, and you had like the screen in the back of the protector. Uh, and the screen was color, which is like a fucking amazing for like the late 80s or early 90s. Right, right. Uh, and it ran Doom. So, you know, it, was, it wasn't, it was a serious machine. I mean, nowadays we can run Doom on anything, the Apple Watch oh, yeah. or whatever we please. Um, and actually, it's building worth, that's by my house probably has more RAM than the PC. But. It's, it's worth mentioning historically that Doom does come out in 1993, and it is a part of that Senate committee uh, hearing. But it does not garner quite the reputation that Mortal Kombat does. Um, however, Doom makes an appearance again uh, later in our timeline uh, for very significant reasons uh, that you guys may already have, have guessed or, or figured out. But uh, if not, we'll visit Doom again in 1999. Um, but for now, let's move on to 1994, where uh, the ESRB is created. And uh, begins rating uh, our games. This is a time when uh, I, I want to just kind of take a side note and mention uh, in the history of the ESRB, uh, by my count, only 29 games have ever been rated adults only. Uh, and the majority of them are for sexual content. Like the vast majority of them are for sexual content. Uh, and a, a large number of them also are uh, at least uh, originating from Japan and typically only released in Japan. Um, <laughs> there are some notable entries that I'll list out for you guys. Uh, there is the game Thrill Kill, uh, which was eventually canceled. But if I don't know if you guys remember Thrill Kill, but it was a fighting yeah. it was a fighting game where. Instead of a health bar that depleted, you instead would punch and kick to actually increase like a power bar. And then once you maxed it out, then you could do a final like devastating move that would kill your enemy. Uh, and I, I believe it was EA that was putting that together and eventually caved into pressure and canceled the game. That was in PlayStation, right? Uh, I think it was supposed to be PlayStation. Yeah, uh, that sounds right to me. PlayStation, yeah. Uh, so, so, so Thrill Kill eventually it, it, it somehow got a rating, but never actually got released. Uh, and then we have uh, Fair. I wonder how do oh, you do you think it was even that graphic? Probably not by today's standards. Yeah. Um. In in fact, you can look at uh, some video on on YouTube of it, and it's. I mean, the game looks. It looks like shit. It looks terrible. Um, well, it is almost 20 years old at this point. Yeah, so that doesn't help either. But, I mean, I wouldn't worry too much about it. There are some scantily clad ladies in there. That probably didn't help the case. Um, anyway, other notable uh, adults-only games. And most of these are rated adults-only, but then eventually get censored or patched to fix that because a store typically won't carry an AO game. 
Uh, so we have Fahrenheit, uh, otherwise known as Indigo Prophecy, which wound up getting slapped with AO for its sex scenes. Uh, we have San Andreas that we talked about last week that also got temporarily uh, slapped with AO for, for hot coffee. Uh, we have Manhunt 2, uh, another game that was eventually censored so that Rockstar could get it onto store shelves. And then later re-released on the PC uncensored. Uh, so you, you can now play that game without any censorship in it. I remember the original Manhunt, I think, was probably the last one of the last or the only game that I remember briefly disturbing me. I could see that. The violence, up. The violence there was was grounded enough that it was kind of like, oh, that's kind of yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's the thing is because if you play Mortal Kombat, you have a guy who you know karate kicks your head off and then uppercuts it into space. Where right. Manhunt has a guy killing you with a screwdriver through the eye. Yeah, that's one of the ones that I remember was pretty, like, pretty messed up. Like, like slow too. Um, yeah, oh, yeah, he, he enjoyed nice, it. That's when like kind of like scream and then cry, and you were like, "Oh, that's that's <laughs> so fun." Yeah, you take a claw hammer to the face. And... This isn't funny at all. Um, <laughs> Barely. The only game that I was able to find that seemed to garner an AO rating uh, for violence only and uh, just ran with it and, and made no attempt to fix it or change course at all uh, is actually Hatred, uh, which isn't even that long ago. I mean, it's been two years. But it wasn't it fairly tame? Yeah, in the grand scheme of things. The, the They wouldn't mention it, but I subject matter had to be more the cause there. The, the, yeah, yeah it, it's more the context for why you're killing people, so right. m- more so than the fact that you're killing people, uh, because the actual uh, the actual gameplay is relatively inoffensive. It's just the it's just the core concept of of again why you're out there shooting people that causes the problem. Uh, so anyway, that's that's ninety four. So the ESRB gets gets born, and uh, and again. Most of our major video game violence uh, events happen in the 90s. Um, But after 94, we kind of operate under the assumption that like, oh, we finally fixed it, you know, and it's not a problem anymore. And uh, then we chug along to uh, the 1997, 1998 era where we start seeing kind of a resurgence of concerns. Um, and it's, it's in 1997 when everyone's favorite uh, activist and attorney, uh, Jack Thompson, first rears his ugly head uh, and files the first of what are to be a large number of lawsuits claiming that video games are responsible for violence perpetrated by teens. Um, the initial lawsuit that he files is, is on behalf of the parents of three children killed in a high school shooting uh, in 1997. It was the Heath High School shooting in Kentucky. Um, an investigation showed the perpetrator had regularly played various computer games, including Doom, Quake, Wolfenstein, Redneck Rampage, Nightmare Creatures. Uh, I don't know why Mech Warrior wound up in here, but <laughs> Mech Warrior and uh, and Resident Evil. It drives into a murderous frenzy. That's right. They also they also noted that the perpetrator of the shooting accessed pornographic websites on his computer and owned a videotape of the movie The Basketball Diaries, which includes a high school student dreaming about shooting his teacher and some classmates. 
Um, again, like, like, why did Mech Warrior get lumped in there? Like, if he'd mowed down his classmates with a mech, I would understand. But like, <laughs> as, as far as I know, nobody in the United States history has built a Gundam and then used it on a school. Does that, is that covered yes. in the Second Amendment? Like, can you build a Gundam? Yeah, it's a covered in the Second Amendment. Can the government take away my Gundam? I. I've never thought about it until right now. Um, I don't. I don't think there's anything in the Constitution that stops you from having a Gundam. Excellent. So you know, it, it, and, and to be fair, the Gundam is for your protection, and so you. Of course. And so you can. Not for hunting. Yeah, it, it, it's and for hunting. hunting. You. I need the Gundam for hunting. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's it's for hunting and for protecting your family and uh, foiling bank robberies should you see yes. one in progress. Everybody knows that. Good guy with a Gundam. Um, yeah, I had never actually heard of the Heath High School shooting, uh, so I had to look it up uh, because you I know why you haven't heard of it. I know because two years later, uh, somebody really outdid the guy. Yep. Uh, and uh, but but it is an early. Uh, you know, a lot of times we think of. Uh, Columbine as being like our first, you know, school shooting, but it's but it's not. It's something. It's a proud American tradition, and it's something that we've been doing for for a long time. So you know, keep that in mind. Okay. But anyway, Jack Thompson appears. Uh, he'll remain a figure in the movement against video games for quite a while, <laughs> um, and he will file. He will eventually go to file so many lawsuits that the uh, Florida. Uh, District Bar will wind up disbarring him uh, because, Which is amazing, by the way, because because the guys suck. yeah, because basically they don't want to deal with him anymore. Uh, so quite a character that one. Um, it's also in 1997 where uh, Mortal Kombat appears again with some controversy. Uh, specifically, there is a uh, fellow by the name of uh, Noah Wilson. Uh, who wound up being stabbed? Doug's, Doug's brother. Yeah, yeah, it's Doug's brother Noah. Um, the, he was thirteen, and his friend Yancey uh, stabbed him in the chest with a kitchen knife. Uh, Wilson's mother, Andrea Wilson, alleged that her son was stabbed to death because of an obsession with the 1995 Midway game Mortal Kombat Three. Uh, that Yancey, the the claim being that Yancey was so obsessed with the game that he believed himself to be the character Cyrax, who uses a finishing move, which Wilson claims involves taking the opponent in a headlock and stabbing them in the chest. Um, which is not something that Cyrax ever does. Yeah, I, I don't remember that. Uh, <laughs> that uh, again, this kind of... blowing up the whole world. <laughs> yeah, there is a point where he drops so many bombs that Earth explodes. Um, right. I remember that one, but not... You know, and if the kid did that, I feel like there might be a, a feasible connection. I've, I've, yes. I mean, again, this is kind of like talking about Gundams. Like, if you're going to claim that your child is imitating a particular character from a video game, Cyrax and Sector are not those characters. Like, unless your child has fired a net out of his chest at his at his friend. Well, he, he didn't have that weird, like, uh, like saw that he chopped you off with, but... Did he have that in Mortal Kombat 3, though, or does he just get that later? Pretty sure he had this all. Let's see. Mortal Kombat. And I want to see Mortal Kombat Three. 3 fatalities for Cyrax. Let's see. He can. 
Uh, green net, short bomb, long bomb. I don't think he had the Psy yet. Um, he had two fatalities. Yeah. I'll pull it up on YouTube. <laughs> so we have, yeah, there's the bomb one. Oh, hell oh, no, he spins his head really fast and he, like... Yep, it's called, it's called Hella Chopper, uh, where he gets the helicopter that comes out of his head and then he flies up in the air and, uh, so it's not quite a saw. Then he turns, oh, the animality, he turns into a shark. So again, if a child turns oh. into a shark, then we're right to blame Cyrax for that. I, absolutely, I agree, absolutely. Yeah. It should not be turning into sharks. It's unquestionably Cyrax who made that child turn into a shark and kill someone. What if you turn somebody into a baby? Yeah, for a, for a babality. <laughs> See, and that's the other thing is uh, Mortal Kombat will never get credit for stuff like this. What if a child just does that? <laughs> you know? There's Valerie, and that's it. He doesn't have the... Um, what a hip kid. Oh, he was a cute yeah, little that baby. Was an, that was an old, uh, like, from another game. Anyway, uh, I just thought that was a particularly interesting story because, again, it, it follows that template that I have uh, produced here. Like, is, yeah, they just blame it for whatever. Which is like, child does something undesirable, and then society decides it was the video game, and then makes up a bunch of shit about the video game that's not true either. Um, Cyrax definitely he doesn't have a he doesn't have a knife. Sorry guys, but he could. Anyway, ninety seven is a unremarkable year beyond that. Jack Thompson's appearance is is interesting. Like I said, Jack Thompson will will appear periodically as an activist, but eventually just becomes completely discredited and uh, and, and vanishes. Um, nineteen ninety eight is a very notable year uh, because. Uh, it, it marks the release of the first game in a series that almost certainly produces more controversy than any other video game series uh, in history. <laughs> I am, of course, referring to Grand Theft Auto, uh, the original of which is released in 1998. A quick comment. Uh, I really feel like that died down around GTA V. Do you guys remember any GTA V controversy? I'm the beginning, yeah. I think the biggest critics of video games at that point were within the video game community, so... I mean, really... we were more concerned about whether or not one of the murderers was a woman. Yeah. So the, There uh... was also, um, like, the tor- torture scene. Mm-hmm. The oh, yeah, yeah. Like... Ah, that's, no, that's This is what I was talking about. Like, at this point, internally, we were, we were the biggest critics of video game violence. It wasn't the outside world. It is, that is kind of interesting. The industry eventually wound up pivoting to become its own worst enemy. Well, I don't yeah. think it was the industry necessarily. But... More like the, like... Yeah, industry is not the right community. term, but the, the community as a whole. The shameless media monster. To some degree, it is the industry because a lot of the people who hold opinions like that are, are now indie developers. And uh, True enough. Make a game about uh, your mom dying of cancer, and then turn around and, and thumb their nose at Grand Theft Auto and and shame it for its portrayal of uh, you know prostitution and the murder of said prostitutes. So, which but, uh, is which is of course something we talked about last week. Grand Theft Auto is notable for your ability to uh, not only patronize prostitutes, but in relevance to the violence podcast, uh, to murder the prostitute once the act is complete. What, you, what we should be outraged about is uh, GTA Online, but we're not going to have to discuss on that. 
Um, I mean, yeah, Rockstar's done much worse things for sure. Um, in Grand Theft Auto, what are what are some things that stick out to you guys as as noteworthy? I remember when Call Me Your City came out, like in GTA Vice City, um, when he was a, like a real psychopath. Um, yeah, he's one of, one of my favorite characters, but. I can see why that raised some eyebrows. Probably still my favorite Grand Theft Auto game too. Uh, um, I don't, I, I don't, like I don't know. Uh, I don't know if Vice City holds up, but uh, yeah, I don't know how how we'll play today. But I think it's almost certainly the one that I spent the most time with. It's been a yeah. long time with Vice City. Again, I don't really know is that the games themselves are all that terribly violent. I think it's more the context that makes people so offended. Because it takes place in the real world. It's, mm-hmm. you know, ostensibly for a lot of it, it takes place right now. Whereas a game where you're, you know, karate chopping the head off of a, uh, of a you know, God wearing a Chinese rice farmer hat. It's a little I bit harder of, to... Hmm? I think a lot of times they don't... Just a lot of the violence in GTA is kind of like satirical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can absolutely not blame anybody who doesn't play the games for not seeing it. Yeah, um, I, you're you're right. Like there, there is a the the whole GTA series in general is is very cheeky, right? Like there's a right. there's a sense of humor that that exists in it from the get go. But if you if you just take a piece of it out of context, you don't see that humor and you don't see that aspect. Uh, and so you you wouldn't necessarily be wrong in thinking like oh this is this is heinous and and violent you don't see the satire aspect to it. Exactly. But Michael's right too. Like uh, you know I I can't uh, I can't pull the heart of a of a, a thunder god out uh, right now. But I can drive my car down a crowded street. Uh, right. When it came out, to be fair, it wasn't as topical as it is now. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Actually, like that wasn't yeah. that wasn't even really a thing. And so, but it, and why is anyone making that case that ISIS played Grand Theft Auto, and that's where they that's where they got their idea of driving cars over people? Because video games are sitting in the eyes of Allah. Oh uh, yeah. All right. Fair yeah. enough. Also, we as a country are angrier at Muslims than we are at video games right now. That's yes, true. Sir. That's true. You guys remember Carmageddon? Speaking of, I, I almost I almost added Carmageddon to the list actually because it uh, it also drew quite a bit of ire back in the day. Um, Did it? But I but I just barely Carmageddon and uh, there was another game that I almost added that I that I changed my mind on at the last minute. But yeah, Carmageddon actually shows up uh, a number of times in the controversial video game uh, articles. You're basically a game about running people over. That's it. Yeah, I mean, it's really it's it's not that bad. It's relatively tame. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, that's right. I guess Carmageddon originally it was just regular people you were running over. It wasn't. Yeah, they eventually changed it into zombies. That's right. That's right. And it is, of course, inspired by the uh, Roger Corman classic uh, Death Race Two Thousand. Yes. Um, which might be Roger Corman's most famous movie. Um, I I can't think of anything that. Uh, that ever topped it, but I'm sure there's some stuff I'm missing. He he's notorious for making some really really horrific films, um, like 
even today he makes some pretty bad stuff. If you have like a like a shark uh, a, a killer shark movie, like Roger Corman's probably gotten somewhere near that. But anyway, um, so yeah, Carbageddon. Uh, the other one that I skipped was uh, Phantasmagoria. Do you guys remember that one? Uh, a lot like nice Night Trap, except worse in just about every way. Um, pretty violent. Um, it, it had a lot of like FMV kind of stuff to it. I can't remember who made uh, Phantasmagoria. It was uh, Sierra, actually, I think. Um, but go look that up sometime. There's some there's some gore in that game that even today grosses me out. Uh, it, it it's pretty nasty. I never heard of it. I'll have to check it out. I guess. I wonder how it plays today. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, people are, people have some really bad things happen to them in that game. Anyway, uh, any other thoughts on GTA? I mean, no, 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 I don't know if there's anything that has to be said. Okay. I mean, I still think they're great. I I, I never, yeah, I never thought they were particularly bad, you know? Sure. I think that they're just kind of, they're, they're parent bait, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I can I can really succinctly and quickly illustrate to a parent why they shouldn't let their child play GTA. Whereas a game like Doom, I have to think about it a little bit. I'm like, well, they're killing demons, I guess. Where, but Grand Theft Auto, I can be like, he can fuck a whore and then murder her, and that's really easy to uh, to to illustrate to someone. It makes for good news headlines and, and yeah, cool quotes. You know, fucking BuzzFeed loves to. Uh... Like they had this one scene where they put like a bunch of feminist bloggers and they put them in the strip club and it's like, okay, sure, bro, it's just uh, whatever. It's it's an easy target. So Mm -hmm. then six years after Doom releases, it becomes the subject of mass scrutiny uh, after two students open fire at Columbine High School. Uh, and it is revealed that they were fans of uh, Doom particularly. Uh, it was uh, two young fellas, Eric Harris, Dylan, what was his name, Klebold, something like that. Uh, okay. Killed 12 people themselves and a teacher um, and uh, loved loved Doom, really, really liked it. Uh, Harris actually uh, was a modder for Doom. He created a, a really large mod called Tier, T-I-E-R, um, that he would uh, call his life's work, actually. And he was right, because he died. So it, it was <laughs> his, If he had a notable achievement, maybe it's that. Um, I tried to find it, but I, I can't, so... If it's something that you can play, I don't know where it is. Um, there was a rumor. I don't know if you guys ever heard this, but there was a rumor uh, or, or a claim even that I think some news stations made that the two boys actually created a level in Doom of their high, yeah, school, of their high school. Yeah, they recreated the high school. And, then, and then used it to train uh, the, the attack. Um, it's worth noting that as with many of the other claims that we see for this kind of stuff, there is no evidence of that whatsoever. Uh, no, no proof that that actually happened. Uh, but this is this is Doom's resurgence in the spotlight, and, and really, um, the last, or or I should say, it's not the last. We've had plenty of controversy since then, 
but easily the largest uh, video game controversy that that comes to my mind. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know. You sounded like you had something you were going to connected throw in to there. violence at least. Sure. Yeah. 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 I mean, let's speak specifically on violence. I've, yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything because it kind of died down after that. I've got a couple other suggestions that I wrote in my notable titles section, uh, but this is pretty much the end of my timeline that I was able to put together. It's uh, 1999, pretty much marks like kind of the end of our of our period here of of notable video game violence uh, and movements to control them. It's, I mean, there's been a lot of. If you're talking about controversies like on a national level, yes, within the um, the thing, we we'll still get stuff like, "Oh, why, why can't I talk to them about the same doom?" Yeah. So I've got a list of games, and if you guys want to contribute any here, I wrote down one, two, three, four, five, six that I thought were noteworthy that don't appear in the timeline anywhere. Um, and some of these are just personal to me. Uh, one of them I pulled from the uh, list of uh, notable censorship in games. I don't know if you guys have any interesting examples of, of censorship, but this one I found particularly interesting because I didn't know this at all. Uh, Bionic Commando, the original one in uh, 1998. Uh, that game... Hitler's Revenge? Yeah, that game in Japan was actually uh, titled Top Secret, The Resurrection of Hitler. That's right, Hitler no Fukushu. I didn't know that at all. I found that while I was living over there, and I wasn't a big Bionic Commando, but I found the box and was like, I don't remember Hitler being in this game. So uh, Hitler, when when the game was released uh, overseas, Hitler was renamed to Master D. That's his name. Um, and then the Nazis are renamed to the Bads uh, with two Ds. <laughs> Uh, oh, yeah, I remember the Bads. The instruction manual called them the Nazis, N-A-Z-Z-S. Uh, and all the all the swastikas were edited into a German eagle insignia, um, but I just thought that was a very bizarre uh, piece of piece of censorship. The Japanese have a have a thing with Hitler, though, right, Michael? Uh, I mean, it's there. There's a bit of a morbid fascination there that I think they get away or they allow themselves more than say like we do, or certainly the Germans could. Well, yeah, the Germans only. Yeah, like I mean, in the new Wolfenstein, they basically like airbrush Hitler's mustache and then call him like the director. Yeah, yeah, they're they're still not really taking uh, taking that whole Holocaust thing very seriously. Um, uh, but that actually uh, very seriously. Bionic Commando was a. I was hoping we'd talk about a few more of these, but it kind of leads into a good point. So I think most of us probably remember growing up that we used to not get games here in the States or we used to get very modified versions of games from Japan because of content Mm -hmm. because they were too violent or too sexual. And at some point, I think probably around 2008 or 2009, that started to switch. And now Japan doesn't get our games because they're too violent. Uh, That's true. Like, I think Dead Space 2 didn't even get a release because of content there. Wasn't there an issue with um, Gears of War? In Japan, I mm, probably I don't know. See it, yeah. I remember reading something. If it wasn't Gears of War, it was Gears of War two. One of those. Yeah, actually, and it's funny because if you look at the uh, Wikipedia article that has a list of regionally censored games, you can see that exact switch in the '90s. All the things that are releasing here are being changed to accommodate America, 
And then in the like uh, 2006 to 2017, it starts to transition to uh, when a game is released in Japan or Europe, it gets uh, notably uh, fixed up. So having said that, Japan still does wind up having things censored for the U.S., but usually it's for something weird. Like, do you guys remember when Fire Emblem had that gay conversion therapy stuff going on? Yeah. No, I did not. There's a scene in the last Fire Emblem game where a character is basically converted back to uh, to being straight. Uh, huh. And uh, and of course that same Fire Emblem game was the one that gave you the ability to like pet your characters, like pet their faces, and they yeah. they, they took that out as well. Um, I remember Street Fighter has some weird like stuff with Kami's storyline at the beginning, uh-huh. like the first time they brought it over. I'm not. Uh, I'm not sure what that one's about. So Kami in Street Fighter is a clone of Bison, which makes no sense. So let's not get into that. But she's a clone of Bison with like single power. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Why not? Um, for some reason, when they brought the game over to the states, they decided that she was his girlfriend. But Kami was like 17 at the time, so I don't know if that's worse. Yeah, that's Excellent. Now we're, now we're getting into some classic Japanese stuff. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, like, it wasn't Japanese stuff. It was Capcom USA that made the switch. Yeah. So away from like, you're my clone to like, uh, you were my, you know, my lover. Hmm. That is curious. Uh, I don't know why they did that, but obviously they they stopped that record in once, um, you know, they... Newer games started coming out. I'll have to, I'll have to research this further. That <laughs> sure, Jen. That sounds weird. Um, I, I presume getting content edited like that is really more of a business decision than, say, an ethics or moral decision. Probably. No, it's just like a, it's, it's always stuck me like a weird like decision to like go from weird convoluted fighting game plot to like straight up you know underage boning, whatever. Well, even even the gay conversion thing. I mean, obviously, people are going to be very upset about that, but that kind of has done more because that's more of like a, you know, they're not cool with that in the Western world. Yeah, but like, do we do we really need to be protected from ourselves from that even, or more so than we need to be protected from video game violence? No, like, no if you don't like uh, it. No, but I think you just don't want the headache. Well, and I don't know how right, I don't right. know how it is culturally in Japan, but I mean, it's the the subject is handled. Very light. They, it's handled very lightly. As like, oh, I'm gay and I like gay people, and and this this uh, this character of the opposite gender is like, well, I like you, and so I'll convince you to like me, and by by turning you ungay, and it's like a the, the character's not upset about it. He's like, oh, great, I'm ungay now, and <laughs> we can do whatever it is we're gonna do. And yeah, but I think culturally, like Japanese. Media, I guess, the way we share, we could never like do. Well, oh, they've sure. cured gayness in Japan, so obviously the context is different. But then why aren't they having babies? Mm. Mm. There's a whole other problem there. Um, this is not the sex podcast, though. So. On my uh, on my list, maybe they're of... more violent in their sex. My, my next game that I have on the list is uh, not really notable for its violence, but it's just very personal for me. Uh, because it was uh, it was a controversial game like among my group of friends 
Um, so growing up in Utah, there's a wide amount of parents that are interested in this kind of stuff. In fact, I was in Barnes & Noble yesterday, and uh, Action Bronson put out a cookbook. It's called Fuck That's Delicious. Uh, and uh, I noticed that the pile where that book was in Barnes & Noble, someone had taken the top book and flipped it backwards. Um, not a, Not an employee of the store, I'm sure, but just a concerned customer who saw fit to turn the, the book around so that you couldn't see the title. I live in a place like that, basically. Uh, and so... Yeah. So, basically, Goldeneye was huge when I was a kid. And oh, yeah. uh, I played it. All my friends played it. We loved it. And we could not have been more excited when a not sequel was announced, but a spiritual successor, a little game called Perfect Dark. And oh man, I love that game so much. Perfect Dark is a fantastic game. It's an evolution of Goldeneye that works in pretty much every way that it possibly could. But for me, it had a hefty price tag in the form of its mature rating. Um, I was allowed to have Perfect Dark, but I had a number of friends who were not, uh, nor were allowed to play it. Uh, and this caused something of a rift uh, amongst my friends because when they'd come over, I wanted to play Perfect Dark, and the best that they could do was Goldeneye. Um, Dude, what the fuck? What kind of friends did you have? That I had. I had. It was like for me, it would be like, okay, I can play Perfect Dark. Fuck it, let's go come to my house and. They will be like down. Yeah, it was a it was a big issue with some of the kids who I was friends with. Like they they would get very explicit instructions, or my my mom would get very explicit instructions. You know, they're not allowed to play certain types of video games. Oh yeah, I mean, and, if, and, and if they fine, they, and if they found out, the punishment was just you know uh, absurd. And beyond that, they'll go to hell, and that's bad too. Um, yeah. But but perfect. Oh, have you played Perfect Dark? And it, it, it's it's funny because Perfect Dark, yeah. I mean, Perfect Dark's pretty tame. Like, the worst that happens is you shoot someone and a blood spot appears, which is what happened in GoldenEye. The one thing yeah, I... But, uh, you have to keep in mind that at one point, Joanna's dress rips, and you can see her legs. Well, and actually, it's, I, I specifically remember what one of the big complaints was. Uh, it was that when you, when you killed soldiers in the game, um, a lot of them had, like, death lines, and they weren't... They were they were kind of dark. Like when you when you shoot someone, they'll be like, "I don't want to die," as they <laughs> as they fall to the ground. Uh, and and I remember that being a, a piece of the the problem. Um, oh yeah, like when you know they cried in in Manhunt. So I guess my point being, and actually I listed another game that came out in two thousand. Uh, I I specifically listed Soldier of Fortune. Did you guys ever play that? Um, yeah, it was it was pretty graphic for the time. Such a good game, and Soldier of Fortune. It features, was pretty good, right? Soldier of Fortune features a proprietary damage engine that they called the Ghoul System. Uh, the Ghoul System breaks character models down into twenty six discrete gore zones. That's what they called them, and and basically uh, any of those twenty six zones could be blown off. So if you shot a guy in the head, his head would would explode into pieces. If you shot him in the hand, you'd blow his hand clean off. If you shot him in the leg, you'd you'd take his leg off. Um, yeah, it was right gruesome. now, it's pretty amazing. And yeah. Uh, yeah, the game the game is astoundingly graphic, and it's just funny to think like uh, none of my friends could play Perfect Dark 
if they had known that Soldier of Fortune <laughs> even existed, and again, like it came out that very same year, uh, it, it would have really... This is actually pretty advanced for the time. Like That's pretty amazing for... Yeah, even thinking about it now, like that game was tight. Yeah, it was a, it was a good game. And actually, so uh, Soldier of Fortune 2 would go on to become a staple in uh, land parties that I'd go to. I didn't know they made a second one. I, oh, it's it's so good. It's it's super yeah. super good. Yeah, I highly recommend Soldier of Fortune two. Uh, the first one I actually don't recommend all that. I'm, all, I'm watching that people like demonstrate the whole system and like that, that's advanced even for today. Sure. That's yeah. Very... Nobody's nobody's doing shit like this anymore. Like this right. this system doesn't exist anymore. Um, I think maybe the closest thing I can think of now is uh, like Horizon with the thing of like tearing pieces of the enemies. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. It's not, even, it's, not even, it's not even like close to this level of dismemberment, I guess. Yeah, you can you can really fuck people up in Soldier of Fortune uh, across the board, all of them. Um, I don't know how well it's held up, but I Soldier of Fortune Two is an excellent game, and I highly recommend it. So, uh, and it was a hell of a lot of fun for land play. That was our staple game was was Soldier of Fortune Two. Uh, but anyway, those are my those are my two uh, kind of examples there. Uh, in 2003, we get a really important game in the uh, violent sphere. Uh, it is Postal Two. Um, more notable than, than the first Postal, I think, uh, or, or at least drew more controversy. Um, did you guys ever play it? No. No, although I played the original Postal based off the controversy. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those, th- it's, it's like Grand Theft Auto where it sounds a lot worse on paper than it actually is in execution. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like Grand Theft Auto, I don't want to, I don't want to go so far as to say that Postal has like a sense of humor to it, but I mean, it, it clearly does. Like it's, it's got a lot of, uh, it's got a lot of the same like satirical, you know, kind of connotations to it. But, too, right? It's not like um, yeah. it's not like Hitler where the guy is like, ah, oh, nobody likes me when I kill people. Right, right. It, it's it's cheeky, um, and the guy in Postal Two, I mean, he looks like someone who would go on a rampage. Like he seems like the type. <laughs> um, do you guys ever play State of Emergency? I never, Not very long. I kind of hated it. I never played that one. Um, that's the rioting one, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, but basically, you're going, you're going down like scores of people. I can see the cover to that game so well with that weird-looking guy with the do-rag. Yeah, yeah. But I never actually wound up playing it. Uh, I used to have a girlfriend that was super obsessed with that game. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Well, you know. Of all the things to get, what I'm saying is I played a lot of it. Of all the things to get hung up on, I uh, I was I was uh, we 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 had a new hire start at at my company uh, a little while ago, and they always ask like get to know you questions. One of the ones is what's your favorite movie? We asked that, and like without even skipping a beat, they were like SWAT. The SWAT. <laughs> yeah, the movie with Colin Farrell. Uh, I know, right? Did you, did, did 
Did you like fire them? And I don't. And, and they weren't. They weren't like. They weren't like. Uh, mm, uh, I guess maybe SWAT. It wasn't like that. It was like, what's your favorite movie? And they're like, oh, that's SWAT. SWAT is my favorite you, movie. You said I have to watch the raid better. Like, <laughs> yeah, like I don't. I don't know how to help these people. But uh, but yeah, it, it's kind of like that. Like being obsessed with state of emergency is kind of like having SWAT for your favorite movie. <laughs> I don't know. I never understood why, but whatever. You know. Sure. Yeah. You don't. You don't have to make sense of it. It just. It is what it is. Um. And then the other. I only wrote down one other game. Actually, no. I wrote down two. Uh. It goes without saying. Uh. Call of Duty Modern Warfare Two. Uh. Is. Russian. Uh. Of note for the no Russian mission where mm-hmm. you shoot up an airport. Um, I think we've talked about it on the podcast before, and, and I'm actually usually like a defender of it. Um, I don't, I don't. Again, like, kind of with a lot of what we're talking about here, it's it's really not that bad. Um, I, I guess I guess it depends. Another thing still with timing as well. Yeah. Well, and again, the industry's at a point where at this at this point where we're we're shaming ourselves and i remember yeah. players being like well i being like proud to announce how they skipped it and or, or how they didn't buy the game because of it whatever yeah um i think i think it kind of services the story but whatever uh and then the other one that i wrote down which might surprise you guys is bulletstorm uh bullet, bullet? I played the demo it was pretty wild. I, I, I actually Finished Bullet Storm, so I'm not sure where like they're. Bullet Storm, uh, before it came out, drew a uh, it it drew a lot of ire from Fox News, uh, who kind of got oh. into a panic mode about it. Um, and I remember once in a while, though. I remember specifically they brought on a a expert who alleged that Bullet Storm would lead to an increase in rape, uh, due to its sexual graphic content. Um, what? And if you think back to Bullet Storm. There's no sex of any kind. They talk about dicks, uh, and even then, they usually talk about getting shot in the dick. I guess he has a girl in it. A girl is in Bulletstorm, and that was enough. I think that that's like the closest thing to a sex that you get. A non-burka-wearing woman was in Bulletstorm, and uh, and, and that's enough to do us in. Um, This reminds me. This is, I guess, more for the sex podcast, but. uh, like um, when Fox News basically portrayed Mass Effect as like, oh yeah, Mass Effect got it. Porn haven. I still want to. I still want to know where they got that version of Mass Effect uh, so I well, can buy it. So I don't know. Little, if you... little did they know they were two games away from actually becoming that. I don't know if no, you guys, I know where uh... it was that that good. Actually, the porn in Mass Effect got worse because they were all like, "Oh, you showed a butt." And then we were like, I'm sorry. Now everybody's going to have sex fully clothed like a fucking retard. So I'm paraphrasing this a little bit because it's been a while since it happened. But when Sandy Hook happened, um, originally uh, people zeroed in on the uh, shooter's brother, I believe, who who didn't actually have anything to do with it. And uh, he liked Mass Effect. And so there was a little bit of hysteria uh, of people accusing Mass Effect of causing the shooting. Uh, and, and in fact, I think Bioware even got like death threats on their Facebook uh, because of it. Um, to be fair, um, everybody even tangentially connected to Sandy Hook got a death threat at some point. Because so, that's, 
The best the best part of the story yeah. is when they did actually find what games the guy who did Sandy Hook were were into. Do you know what he was most into? Like his favorite game that he played all the time? League of Legends. Uh Dance Dance Revolution. They're also mm-hmm. yeah. I mean I would expect I would like not be surprised of anything horrible. A League of Legends player does. Yeah, no, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But DDR people, they're supposed to be, uh, you know, a, pe- a peaceful happy. people. Yeah, they're happy, peaceful people. They're having fun dancing. Why are you so hungry? So I don't know. That was that was a surprise to everybody, I think. Clearly, we need to buy DDR. Anyway, that's my uh, that's my last entry I've got here. I don't know if you guys have any other games that you think I missed or some really obvious, important uh, things. You know, I've been trying to think of games that I've... Obviously, yeah, I guess so. That as you know, far as just War being 3, graphically violent, God of War three is so over the top that at the end I was kind of like, I, I, I thought about God of War while we were talking about this and realized that I might be short in missing it. Do you remember in God of War three when you, uh, I think it's the first boss when you finally like beat him into submission? There's a part where Kratos sticks both of his thumbs in his eye holes. And, uh, and you actually, the game prompts you to push in the analog sticks when you do this, so you're <laughs> emulating that. Um, I don't have any point to make here. I just want to say, damn, that was cool. <laughs> no, I agree, but and at some point, like, and I remember this happening in uh, 3 specifically, where it, was, it just became so over the top where I was like, that's enough, guys, like, you know. God of War's specialty uh, was always cut off a part of someone and then stuff it into another part of them. Uh, the favorite one was the uh, Minotaurs where you like uh, tear their horn out uh-huh. and, and then you just basically like stab them through the mouth of them. Yep, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, so uh, cut off someone's tail, stuff it up their, stuff it in their face, cut off someone's horn, put it up their ass. Like that's God of War. Uh, it's the I mean, game. That's fine. Dismemberment and stuffing. Was three? These were cinematics too, or like quick time events, which doesn't help. Um, but um, you know, like at a point, it was just kind of like it's, it's just this is stupid. Um, don't get me wrong, I love God of War three, and the gameplay of that game is amazing. But if you got to some point where the, the balance was over the top, it was like, okay, guys. Just you know, there's a there's not. a there's a case to be made there, sure. Um, but yeah, I, I I mostly don't have bad things to say about God of War. Uh, that's what that's what next year's for. In fact, um, I think God of War One has one of the most interesting like uses of like a great tragedy in video gaming. Uh-huh. And I don't think he gets enough credit for it because of God of War Two and Three. Um, but uh, you know. Yeah. And like I said, I love the game, so it's not like I'm saying, ah, oh, this game is crap because of it, but it's just kind of like, at some point, the violence became so ridiculous, like, it kind of just became meaningless. What about uh, what about you, Michael? Any games that you consider us missing here? Like I said, I'm trying to think of something, but... I mean, I don't think we ever... We never really got to that point where just sort of gratuitous masturbatory violence... Like, there was no video game version of the movie Hostel. Thank God, some movies sucked. Uh, you could probably make an argument that that such a thing exists, but nothing nothing mainstream by any means. Well, okay, there you're right. It probably does exist somewhere, but not not out there for widescreen consumption. You know, 
a cool. I don't know if this is qualifies as violence, but I remember in like um, remember Dragon Age Origins that mm-hmm. your character kind of got like more and more like bathed with blood as the game went on. Oh yeah, well, nothing's better uh, than the cutscenes in Dragon Age where you're, exactly you're... that's what I was thinking. Like people are like, "Oh my god, you saved me!" Thank you very much, and you're like cover head to toe with blood. One well, <laughs> a fight, a fight like breaks out at a party and you shut it down really quick, and then you're just like. Covered in gore, bathed in blood. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's good stuff. Um, did they keep that in Inquisition? Does that still happen? Uh, uh, shit. That would be too much fun because they kept it in two. Even though they know they knew it was like kind of a bug, it was also like an homage, uh, and so they like intentionally kept it around. Um, but yeah, you're right. Ultimately, who cares? Was was, was it a bug? I just thought it was cool. I don't think it was actually supposed to happen in the original, but people liked huh. it, and so they, they kept yeah. it. I I think. I don't know. Huh. Who knows why uh, anyone does anything? A happy accident, then. Yeah. All right, yeah. well, I think if that's it, then uh, we're, we're probably at a... Well, actually, question. Sure. Do we want video games to get more violent? Yes. Yeah? Yeah, I don't even need to think of it. Uh, in fact, the, uh, the Last of Us 2... I uh, got a lot of heat for that trailer. Uh, and again, most of that heat came from people in video games. Um, oh, yeah. But uh, I thought it was great. And if you haven't watched it, you should go watch it because it's a fantastic trailer. And it features some grisly ass motherfucking violence. Well, actually, I guess that gives me gives me pause because my original question, I was more thinking of the Grand Theft Auto somewhat tongue in cheek or even God of War kind of over the top. Amusing violence, but, um, but yeah, actually, I, I suppose used as a powerful storytelling tool as well. Sure, I think so, and I, I think that uh, games haven't quite caught up to film in that regard. Like, there's some really horrific, gory, violent films where it's used to great effect and, and works well. And I don't know that games have met that match. Uh, in, the thing with games is that violence is often the way that you, it's what you do. So it's kind of hard to make that point too, right? That's true. Mm-hmm. One of the, one of the best games of kind of doing that, I think, is Hotline Miami. And the way it does it is uh, because you know it's basically like shitty graphics with blurry music. But what it does is, um, you know, you go in, you kill everybody, you have this like kind of like disco light kind of thing going on in the screen and you have the blurry music and everything. And when you kill the last guy, the music kind of stops. Right? It is it is, is interesting. It is interesting how it makes you do like a walk of shame through the carnage exactly. that you created. You have to walk all the way back to the end of the level. You know, um, and I feel that uh, that's pretty, pretty cool. Uh, I might submit on an interesting level uh, the sorrow in Metal Gear Solid Three. Yeah, um, I think when it punishes you for all the people you killed, right? Yeah. And where everybody you kill makes the boss harder, uh, and, and not only that, but all they all appear uh, in the way that you killed them. So if you cut yeah. their if you cut their throat, there their, were, their throat will be bleeding and that kind of stuff. There were a lot of gashed throats in that river with me. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> If you shot a guy in the dick, he will like come and was like, "I'm ruined now." 
<laughs> yeah, that there's kind of. A, no, I'm sorry, bro. There's kind <laughs> of a uh, there's kind of an interesting comment uh, to be seen there on violence as a whole, um, which is odd because the game that precedes it features a fat man on roller skates throwing bombs at people. It's always kind of in Metal Gear where you have that juxtaposition of fucking balls of ridiculousness with like, you know, deep, traumatic, you know, battlefield commentary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, can, can anyone think of a game aside from a Metal Gear Solid that makes you think reflectively on the violence that you're causing? This is stereotypical, but Spec Ops uh, obviously yeah, comes to mind. Um, and if you say hold Miami does that too. If you haven't played it before, it plays a lot like. Well, actually, the story is based on Heart of Darkness. The uh, right, I've I've heard it's pretty. It's pretty somber. It's on the nose, though. Like it's very mm. much. In fact, there's uh, there's the horror, the horror. So you know, you know, when you have like a loading screen and like a tip comes up or whatever, it's like press X to jump, and you're like, oh wow, now I know how to do that. This one has a loading screen where, like, it'll, like, taunt you and stuff, and it, it'll pop up and it'll be like, do you feel like a hero now? And, <laughs> well, no, um, no, no, because it doesn't start like that. It doesn't. You're right. It, it changes as the game progresses. But I like, think it get more fucked up. Uh, it starts, you know, devolving into it. I, I feel like it's a little hokey. Um, mm-hmm. The game mostly works for me, and, and I think it's... Uh, I think even if it doesn't work uh, for you when you play it, I think that you still have to kind of respect that they tried to go in that direction at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is a little, it's a, it's it's a little on the nose. It also doesn't have like options. Like you never, you can't just walk away. Oh right, right, yeah, you absolutely. But and again, there's yeah. there's going to be a guy at home who's going to be like, well, that's a that's a commentary on the you know the state of war, and so I mean even you, yeah, that's fine, but you know like you were like. You want to make me feel guilty for? Uh, I don't know. If, can we spoil it? Um, no, I, I actually I have this. I would like to play it at some point. So. All right, we won't we won't ruin it. If you'd be so kind. You want me to feel guilty, but then you just say, you know, you made me do it, so I don't. I don't. Right. You you were just oh. in a box canyon the whole time. So sure. Right. Hmm. There are some RPGs where you can walk away. Um, well, I mean, we've, we've talked about this with RPGs before, where, like, I love an RPG where uh, violence isn't required, uh, and I can talk my way out of situations. Like, that's yeah. that's right up my alley. Torment yeah. games do that very well, where, like, you probably can talk your way out of most encounters. Yeah, um, that's my shit. Conversely, going back to Dragon Age Origins, I really love the fact that you can interrupt very banal everyday conversations and just murder a guy at a win. <laughs> yeah, that's important too. One of the things that I like about um, RPG, and uh, I guess it's just genuinely violence, is that sometimes doing the wrong thing is the right like call. Mm-hmm. Like um, in Dragon Age Origins, to, to go with that example. Uh, choosing the uh, hard-ass dictator dwarf is actually better for the city than choosing the the other guy. Like, I love that kind of shit. Man, that is something Bioware would never allow themselves to do anymore. No, no, those, those writers left a long time ago. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, what's the tower in Fallout where you let the uh, ghouls in? Oh, uh, Ten Penny Tower. Ten Penny Tower, yeah. Mm. Where like you try to do the right thing there by by making them coexist, but they don't 
and the ghouls will wind up killing everybody. Right, right, that kind of thing. I love those kind of choices where, like, you know, unexpected consequences. Right, right. Yeah, because you, you would just assume, like, in a video game, you're like, well, the obvious right answer is, is like, kind of this neutral path where I'll make them live together in harmony. Uh, and the game takes a real stance of, like, well, that, that's not a thing that can happen. So... In the original Fallout, there's this place called Junktown, right? Um, there's two factions there that are fighting it out. There's the like sheriff, and then there's like the organized mob. Um, and you know, your <clears throat> when you go there, your instinct is all oh, you know. We gotta help the sheriff, right? Um, turns out that if you help the sheriff, um, he's such a hard ass that basically he kills the town. Because, like, you know, he, he, like, will hang people for nothing. So people just started leaving. Um, so if you want the town to flourish, you have to side with, like, the gangsters. Hmm. Yeah, see, that that kind of stuff is, uh, that that's interesting. Um, obviously, we're kind of shifting away from violence yeah, as subject matter. But, uh, but nonetheless, I think, it's, I think it's an interesting thing to note uh, that we wish we saw more of or that can be powerful in games. Yeah. Uh, any final thoughts on violence in games? Is it essential? Can we have games without it? Do you want games without it? Yeah, depends if there's gameplay. I mean, Columns was a good game, too. That's true. I love Puyo Puyo Tetris, so if every game is that, that's fine. Okay. I I think we found a solution. I mean, uh, speaking seriously, I don't I don't like that a lot of times not having violence is confused with not having gameplay. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Um, but if you give me non-violence with gameplay, then that's cool with me. All right. Yeah, I think that's a I think that's a reasonable opinion to have. Um, but but you're right. There's a lot of people that do make that association of being like, you know, killing people is something that I have to do in games, and a game that doesn't have that. Obviously, has nothing for me to do. I'm talking um, like a lot of people think like you know the the other like um, basically alternative is to have a game like Gone Home where you don't kill anybody or strike. Right. And Go Home is one of the better ones in the genre. That's where I, that's where my head was going to was to like the walking simulators and and things like that and just any game where like not having conflict or combat, um, like even like the Amnesia titles where you can't fight enemies but you can run from them you know i mean right. amnesia is a long ass game like that's a that's a, like a 10 or 12 hour game um and so like to to say it doesn't have gameplay is ridiculous that's a silly right. that's a silly thing but again because it doesn't have combat a lot of people will make that criticism of being like well you know it's not really like a it's not really like a game there's no gameplay and it's just that's just flat out not true mm-hmm yeah, but you know, on the other side, you can make like, um, like I would say, torment uh, type of types of Numerena, the the that uh, CRPG that came out this year. Uh huh. You know, most of it is dialogue driven, and I would like argue that that's closer to a puzzle game <laughs> at this point. No, no, I'm serious, and I don't mean that as a negative. Yeah. Because what you have to do is you have to figure out, you know, how I'm going to get this guy to agree with what I'm saying. That's not necessarily bad. That's actual gameplay because you have to think about it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not um, 
you know, it's an RPG that doesn't rely on you just having a sword and hitting people with it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. All right, well, I think we uh, I think we figured some stuff out here today, guys. Really solved some mysteries. I think we really solved, some, really solved some shit. So, hey, if you enjoyed solving stuff with us today, why don't you go subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes or Google Play Store so you can check us out on both those services. Maybe or maybe we'll kill you. You can go get a look at our website, enemyslime.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at the Enemy Slime on both of those services. And uh, I think with that, we're out. We're out.